Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. You've probably heard the saying, you get what you tolerate. In other words, in an imperfect world, imperfection will always seek you out, and if you tolerate it, you will certainly find all of it that you can handle. Unpleasant things seek the level they are allowed to exist in your life, especially in marriage. Well, what about the good things in marriage? Where do they come from? Dr. Cloud tells us that they generally come from the same place from which tolerance comes, your values. On both the positive and negative side, ultimately what you value is what you will have. If you value something in a relationship, you will not tolerate anything that destroys this value, and you will seek to make sure it is present and growing. And because of these values, the relationship takes on an identity and form, a character of its own. Certain things happen in the relationship, and other things don't. What you value happens, and what you don't value will be absent. In a marriage, for example, it works like this. Let's Let's say that honesty is one of your values. You will not tolerate anything that violates your value of honesty. You both will actively seek to build and increase the presence of honesty in your marriage. The values become the ultimate identity and protective boundaries of the marriage. The values of your relationship become like the frame of a house. They give it shape. What you value determines the kind of relationship you most likely will have in the end. Dr. Cloud talks about what he calls the worst value ever. This is when a person's greatest value is their personal happiness and their own immediate comfort. He goes on to say that people who always want to be happy and pursue it above all else are some of the most miserable people in the world. Why? Because happiness is a result. It is sometimes the result of having good things happen, but usually it is the result of our being in a good place inside ourselves and our having done the character work we need to do. Then we are content and joyful in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. Happiness is a fruit of a lot of hard work in relationships, career, spiritual growth, or a host of other areas of your life. But nowhere is this as true as it is in marriage. Marriage is a lot of work, period. Anyone who has been married very long can attest to that. When couples do the right kind of work, character work, they find that they can gain more happiness in their marriage than they thought possible. But it always comes as a result of going through some difficult moments, conflicts, fears, old traumas, big and small rejections, arguments, hurt feelings, the disillusionment of someone being different than was imagined, the difficult task of accepting imperfections and immaturity that are larger than one thinks they should be. All of these things are normal, and all of these things are workable, and if people work through them, they reach happiness again, usually a happiness of a deeper and better sort. But if they hit these inevitable walls and have the attitude that this problem is interfering with my happiness, they are in real trouble. 
They will be angry with the inconveniences of their happiness being interrupted and will refuse to solve the issues or will just leave the relationship. If happiness is our guide and it goes away momentarily, we will assume something is wrong. The truth is, and this is why happiness is such a horrible value, that when we are not happy, something good may be happening. You may have been brought to that moment of crisis because of a need for growth, and that crisis may be the solution to much of what is wrong with your life. If you could grasp whatever it is this situation is asking you to learn, it could change your entire life. This is why James tells us in James 1, 2 through 5, to consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. When you hit a problem in marriage, your happiness will go away. James' message is that you are probably at an opportunity for great growth, an opportunity to get to completeness. The two of you can work through whatever it is that was causing you this problem, and then you will be free of it forever. You will have gotten past whatever it was. In that area, you will be lacking in nothing. You will have grown. Many things are better to worry about than happiness, and these are the things that ultimately will produce happiness. Don't get the cart before the horse. Don't think like a little child who feels that being happy today is all that matters. People like this see marriage existing just to gratify them in the moment, which is a very self-centered and ultimately self-destructive way to live. Be willing to do the hard work of growth now, no matter how it feels, and happiness will likely find you. Don't have the worst value ever. I must be happy at all times, and I value that more than anything else, even more than growth. If you do, happiness will certainly elude you. If not happiness, then what should you value? What should you magnify and lift up to guide you? Well, there are a few values the Bible holds in very high esteem, and these values work to produce great boundaries in marriage. There are six of those values, and we'll take a closer look at each one. Here are the six. Love your God, love your spouse, honesty, faithfulness, compassion and forgiveness, holiness. There are two kinds of people in the world. Those who focus on what they want, always desiring it and never attaining it, and those who focus on what it takes to obtain what they want. The latter do the work, delay gratification, make sacrifice, and ultimately get the rewards of their work. In marriage, if you focus on what you want and desire and just stay angry and disappointed that you're not getting it, you will stay there. But if you focus on cultivating the garden instead of demanding the fruit, then your garden will yield a huge harvest. So it is with values. Make cultivating the ones I listed from Drs. Cloud and Townsend your prime concern. Work on them. Stand against anything in yourself and your spouse that would destroy them. This is really righteous indignation, and your marriage may depend on it. 
but also do everything you can to increase the presence of these things. Give time, money, energy, focus, and other resources to developing the love of God and each other, honesty, faithfulness, compassion, forgiveness, and holiness. Pursue them with everything you can. They will not fail you in the end. Well, let's look at each of the recommended values, beginning with love of God. Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love God with everything you have, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Well, why did he place this value above all others? There are many reasons, but one in particular relates to marriage. When loving God is our orienting principle in life, we are always adjusting to what he requires from us. When things get tough in a marriage and when some change is required from us, we may not want to do it. We might feel it is unfair that we have to change, or it might be too difficult or painful to change. At those moments, it's much easier to just please ourselves. But if we know that it's God with whom we ultimately have to deal, we submit to this reality and his higher calling to us to grow. In the end, the relationship wins. God designed the marriage relationship, and he also made the rules. When we do it God's way, the relationship works. When you fully commit to love God, and you both follow through with the day-to-day -day work he asks you to do, your relationship will work. When God asks you to grow and change, you submit to him. When you do, you will have the fruit of God's promises. Sharing real love between you and your spouse comes as a result of loving God. That is why loving God must be first. He empowers us to change. He tells us how to change. And most of all, God becomes the one that keeps us from becoming ultimately in charge. If we try to be in charge, we will do it our way, and then our own limitations become the limitations of the relationship as well. We all need someone bigger to answer to, so we will make the changes we need to make. Love God first, with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Lose your life to Him, and you will gain it. Value, too, is love of your spouse. We hear a lot about love, and we all have our own ideas about what love means. To some it is romance, and to others it is security. To still others, it is the feeling of being attracted to some quality that another possesses, such as power and achievement. We all say, I love that about you. What we mean when we say this is that there is something in the other person that gratifies us in some way, and we like it. These are all wonderful aspects of loving another person. We celebrate who that person is. He or she adds to our existence. Love is a part of the relationship. But what happens when we don't see what we love about our spouse? What happens when our love disappears? The love that builds a marriage is the kind of love God has for us. It's called agape. Agape is love that seeks the welfare of the other. It is love that has nothing to do with how someone is gratifying us at the moment. It has to do with what is good for the other. In short, Agape is concerned with the good of the other person. Well, our time's gotten away from us. We're going to continue with this next week. 
Have a great weekend. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.